This is the Hunt, Fish, Conserve podcast, hosted by Ethan Evans and Tyler Swenson. Today we're going to st- discuss the application process for tags, what is the application process, how much does it cost, and these are actually going to be aimed towards a DIY type of hunter for drawing these tags. I personally have some experience with this, but Tyler's pretty fresh in the game. I don't have actually any experience, this is my first year putting in for a lot of tags, but I've actually done a lot of research towards it, so we'll have a little bit of input from me and Tyler was going to have a lot of questions and we hope to gain some honest feedback from both you guys and him. So I guess from first off the bat is I do not have all the answers. I can get some of my insight and where you can actually have better resources to find out about this stuff. But the biggest thing I'll say is, you know, you can complain everything you want about prices, how many years it takes to apply, but you need a tag to hunt plain and simple. So I'll throw it over to you, Ty. Yeah, so I guess my first question is, um, I mean, simple question: Where do you where do you apply? How do you apply? What's what's the process of applying for a tag? So I guess first of all, we'll kind of split the species up. Um, we'll put we'll kind of split it up into a couple different species. So they consider the big three to be what mountain goat, sheep, and moose in the lower forty eight. Yep. And then they call, and the other ones are like elk, mule deer, and that's kind of everything for drawing basically out west. Okay. And all those ones, you're able to apply for every one of those species online actually nowadays. Okay. And some of those have, some of those states are each like individually. Like sometimes you have to put in and pay the full amount of tag costs. Sometimes you don't. But with every one, I'll say, and I think this is for most states, and I might be wrong in this, but you do need a hunting license. Okay. So, which might be 100 to 150 bucks just okay. to apply. That's with no hunting. So, that's a non-refundable. So that's just to apply. That's just to apply. So And uh, then for like each one of those two, you're going to have an application fee for each species. Okay. So um, I've heard people talk about like you, you uh, spend that money to apply for a tag and then that money goes towards the tag itself how often is that the case state to state do you know like how much money the state like it goes into like conservation or like like um you know i've heard say you spend a 100 bucks to apply for the tag that's mm-hmm. a applying fee if you get if you are awarded the tag that money goes towards the tag nope you'll have to actually pay for the tag with the price that a tag has on it is that so that's extra added on there. So like, you know, if it's a $700 bull tag plus a $15 application fee plus a $100 hunting license. So okay. you're at like $815 for that tag. Yep. And how does that, how does that compare to residents? Um, it's pretty, it's heavily favored I'm, towards the residents. Yeah. Cause I know, I know how it is in Iowa. So I guess I'm just curious to what yeah. it is versus bigger states for bigger game. And we'll kind of give a general idea of like what it is in Iowa for us to like, cause we live as residents, we're able to go in and go to our local hardware store and say, Hey, I want an archery bow hunt, archery whitetail tag. Oh, they'll print it right off. Yep. Yep. You, you want a shotgun tag, print it right off. Muzzle loader, print it right off. Landowner, prove it, print it right off. But for a non-resident, it might take them three years to apply in Iowa that's I'm not, crazy. I'm not really for sure about how all the application per process works for Iowa, but I know it's about $250 per tag. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, and, and with each state, and I'm not for sure about Iowa, but I know for most states, except for like Wyoming, they preserve, they own, they reserve the tags for non-residents to 10%. So, you know, this the easy example would be, let's say they have a hundred elk tags. Yep. They only can give 10 of those tags to non-residents. Okay. And then 90 go to the residents. Okay. And the resident elk tag might only be $50, where we might have to pay 700 <laughs> Jeez. So, I mean, they're really hosing us, but, I mean, I guess, you know, it's good money spent, right? It's conservation and stuff. Yeah, because so. I guess I'm relating it to Iowa. You know, Iowa's obviously the only state I, I know, the only state that I've bought a hunting license or a tag for, and it's it's hard to believe from a – resident standpoint i've never been on the other side you know so it's hard to believe that we pay what 35 bucks for a tag yeah and we just go to the local hardware store pick it up 
and it might take a non-resident three years to apply and potentially get the tag and pay 250 you said something along those lines yeah 250 i mean and you know for these tags i mean we're really just talking about i mean for our, our lifetime even though we are 21 years old we probably only realistically have a chance of drawing some good elk and mule deer and i mean we probably won't ever draw you could put in for your whole life and you probably won't draw a sheep tag that's crazy that's just how it is you know now what is what is that sheep tag what does it cost if you were to draw it twenty five hundred dollars holy shit i mean i know guy and you know if you're gonna put in for sheep tags in the lower 48 you might be in eight hundred dollars every year to apply oh my gosh so i mean you put 40 years times you know 800 for applying for all those states I mean, it adds up really quick. You better really want to shoot a sheep. Yeah. And, you know, the, and we'll talk about that more, but it's like, then it might be just better to go to Alaska. And it might be better to just go do a guided doll sheep hunt because it's cheaper in the long run. Yeah. I mean, well, you're better off much, just putting that $800 in the savings account. Uh-huh. How much is a guided trip in Alaska? About 15000 Okay. Wow. So, I mean, it's all expensive. And, you know, in our lifetime, we're probably going to see it keep going up and up and up and we're probably gonna look back and we'll say when we're 20 you know like nowadays we're gonna be like man when i was 20 i could have went on a doll sheet for fifteen thousand. <laughs> yeah which i mean is instead just like, of instead of applying for it all these years yeah. um so i hear you talk about the point system all the time we've had a conversation about this before um how how does that all work you apply say you apply for a meal deer tag and you don't get it how many how many points do you get out of that? Is that just one point? Yep. So and then how that will work too is so like if you want to apply for a meal deer and let's say Colorado, you can go in to apply for it. Okay. But you might not draw it. Yeah. So what you can do, and this is a whole different process, because you're not awarded any preference points on the draw. Yep. What you have to do is then go there's like a period in the summer, you know, some say it's like June to July or something. And you have to go buy a separate preference point. Okay. So like in my ta- Montana and Wyoming, the Wyoming elk draw just already passed. So we'll use this as an example. Tyler and I didn't put in for the Wyoming elk draw. We knew we weren't going to get it. Yep. So what we're going to do instead is come July, we're going to spend $50. And we're going to just buy a preference point, which is $50. And okay. that doesn't require a hunting license. Okay. And then can you kind of go over what a preference points point yep. is? So a preference point is simply you getting a, a reward for applying or paying for playing the game for a year. Yep. And on some of these states, so like Wyoming, and I think Colorado is a true preference point state. So the whoever applies for the unit with the most points, so if Tyler has 10 points and I have 8 points, Tyler's going to get the point, is going to get the tag because it's off points. Yep. But some states they'll throw in like random stuff like eighty percent of the tags for non residents is points, twenty percent is random. So yep. I might have a small chance, but I could throw in and draw the best tag just as a random draw. And I guess we can talk on um like for example, when we first started researching this, um I was researching a lot of Montana and Colorado because that was maybe the potential states that we were going to go to for our backcountry hunt. And I noticed that a lot of them are separated into units or they have different names for state to state, it seemed like. But some of those units are way harder to draw than other units. Yep. And that's just, so a lot of it has to do with how they manage the units and that can be like a whole different topic and how they manage them, but sometimes they manage it like a one to one bull to cow ratio. Okay. So it's like a more of a trophy unit. Yep. Or sometimes they'll do it so it's like if you put in for this tag, it might you're gonna have a better chance. You know, you have a higher chance of shooting one, but it might not be that whole three hundred fifty class bull uh-huh. that everybody's looking for. Yep. So I guess the next thing I'll ask you about where we kind of both decided that a cow elk hunt would be a great first hunt for us to go on in Colorado. How much, for example, is a non-resident fee for a cow elk? Uh, it's about $500 to 600 I think, and that's just the tag. 
I'm not for sure about hunting license on top of that, but yep. And the applying fee you said was, I think about fifteen dollars. Fifteen dollars, and then the fifty dollar preference point on top of that. Yep. Okay. Uh, I'm actually we wouldn't draw. We wouldn't have to put in for the preference point. No. Yep. Okay. So and then like we'll kind of talk about you know what a cow elk elk hunt entails, and this can be the same for like a doe mule deer hunt, doe antelope hunt, and the reason that we kind of decided to actually go with this route. I mean, both Ty and I want, of course, we want that 350 class bull. We want those trophies. Yeah, that would be awesome. I mean, obviously we want those, but it's just, it's not realistic to draw your first year. And, and we just want to take most opportunity, you know, we want to take opportunity and also gain, you know, valuable experience because, you know, where the bull elk are, are also where the cow elk are. Yeah. So we're going to learn how to hike, you know, how to hunt with them, you know, how to backpack, how to do all this kind of stuff while we're hunting cow elk and actually have a chance to harvest a cow elk and you know we might we might see a bull elk while we're out there yeah that'd be that'd be even cool to see just to see for our first trip you know and the the biggest thing is just getting boots on the ground yep and you know we just want to get boots on the ground gain real experience with a tag in our pocket yeah that's that you know just going and being out there seems like a lot of fun to me and then on top of it we might be able to shoot a cow elk you know i'm not going to say that we're going to but yeah and you know and i know it's like when i told ty this and even my own personal experience it was like it seemed like a lot of money up front it does and it does and it does to everybody i mean ty we're not rich by any means we don't have gobs of money to spend on this and we're with every other blue collar person out there so yeah we totally understand and like you know you got to kind of pick your you got to pick like your investments and where you want to invest in and What's the best, like, what are you trying to get out of a hunt? Are you trying to get that, you know, world-class bowl? Or are you trying to get meat? Are you trying to get a good experience? So you got to kind of gauge that and, like, what you're doing. But the biggest thing is, like, you need a tag to hunt, and I don't see the prices getting any cheaper. I mean, no, there's never been a state that reduced their tag prices. And, you know, like you said, we're we're on a budget for sure. Um, and we kind of want to show... We kind of want to show how to hunt on a budget and why we chose a cow elk because I definitely want the experience of, like you said, going and just learning how to uh, look for elk and how to stock them maybe and um, as well as the meat. I, I really want the meat and if just getting that experience, if you told me that well, you did tell me, um, just getting that experience going and shooting a cow elk versus a bull elk, we might not pull a bull elk tag our first year. And that's all right with me. And, you know, it's one of those things too. It's like, you know, everybody wants to shoot the bulls, which I would do. And I want to shoot world-class bulls, but you might not draw that tag in 20 years. And it's no. like, what are you going to know about elk in 20 years if you don't hunt them? <laughs> yeah. Nothing. So, I mean, like what me and Ty learned, you know, doing this analyst tags and maybe hunting these less desirable units we might have a better chance, you know? Well, even like uh, John Carlson always told me, when I first started bow hunting around Iowa here, he always told me just shoot a doe after a doe. Just keep shooting doe because by the time that nice buck comes around the corner, you're going to know how to compose yourself with all the adrenaline. I mean, there's still going to be a bunch of adrenaline running through you, but you're going to know how to compose yourself how to take a fair and safe shot for you so you know that it's going to be as accurate as you can be. And that's kind of the experience I want to get out of it. Yeah, by by all means. And that's uh, that's kind of what we chose Cal Elk Hunt. And, you know, every state kind of offers them in their own fashion. You know, some and some of these ones, you know, it does take a while to draw even a Cal Elk Hunt. So you might have to pipe points there. And there's some that you can draw on second choices and, you know, there's some that you can draw with a left, you know, get with a leftover tag, but you just kind of got to go out and seek out how to get the tag and what state you kind of want to hunt. Yeah. Um, so I guess next, uh, the seasons, you've told me that the points vary per season. Uh, what, what is that like? Like how many points per season, I guess you could say, say or ask. Yeah. I mean, you know, every, every kind of pursuit has its own point system you know some people are more rifle hunters some people are more archery hunters and you know people love chasing the bugle and bulls in september with a bow yeah that yeah, sounds sounds cool so i mean even though the harvest success must be might be lower 
you know, you're still going to have an archery hunt that might take quite a few points. Yeah. While on the slip side, you might have a rifle hunt that might take less points, even though the harvest test is higher, but the potential for a bull or might be lower too. Yeah. So, I mean, it just kind of all kind of goes in and, you know, there's some units that are considered, you know, best archery units, some considered units, best rifle units. Sometimes they only, and sometimes, you know, they're able to offer more archery tags. Yep. Or sometimes they're able to offer more rifle tags in some places. So. Okay. Yeah. So, cause we're going to apply for what, uh, four season you said? Yeah. We're probably going to apply for four season rifle, but it's kind of all up in the air and we're going to be rifle hunting. So I guess, you know, we'll kind of go about our experience with rifles and we just kind of felt that with our limited experience at spot and stalk archery hunting that we're going to kind of put off on that and yeah. kind of leave that for another time in pursuit. Yeah. Cause I definitely like to get a little more experience just on the bow in general around here. Yeah. Cause you can shoot a target all day at a target all day long, but the time you see that deer, even a doe, you know, I haven't shot many deer in my life. So even a doe around the corner gets me excited some days and, you can definitely feel the adrenaline pumping, and that definitely affects how you shoot. Yeah, then imagine a six by six bull that we just called in, and then he runs <laughs> yeah. in. I mean, that adrenaline's on a whole different level. Wouldn't know what to do with myself. Yeah, so I mean, that's that's why we kind of picked a rifle hunt, and we get it. You know, you might not be able to afford the rifle, or might not be able to afford the bow. So I would just say, you know, stick to one, stay committed to it, be as accurate as you can, and just you know, practice as much as you can. I get that ammo was short, but you know, you just got to try to be as resourceful as you can and really try to, like, dial your system in. Yeah, that's another thing we're battling right now is the ammo shortage. I it's, guess. Yeah, it's, a, it's a battle everybody's fighting, I guess, you know. And Yeah, I guess we won't go too deep into that. But um, you noted on here point creep. What is what is point creep? So I guess, I've never know, heard of that. So it's something that's kind of been talked about by some of the big guys, and it is really important to put and consider so. I don't have any concrete examples off the top of my head, but if you look at like Wyoming elk, okay, for example, it took you know maybe one to two points to draw a general elk tag. Okay. Now it draw it takes about three to four points. Okay. So the reason is that is because there's more and more people applying, and they might be holding on to these points, and you might see these people like, okay, well I didn't draw it. Because everybody doesn't, everybody doesn't have to be like, okay, I had two points, and I'm going to draw this tag right now. Yeah. It could be like, okay, let's do three points. And everybody starts doing three points, and then you see that it takes three points, and it jumps over time. Or like a certain unit might take, you know, it might took one point, but now it takes three points because it had a big winter kill. Okay. Or that they're trying to manage the herd in a different way. Yep. So then, you know, it starts seeing more different points, so the points kind of can fluctuate. And more often than not, the points are going to be higher than they are going to ever go lower. Yeah, for sure. So we might see that some of these tags over our lifetime that we saw like, okay, you draw them at two points. But now, like 10 years later down the road, it might take four points. So this is like, you know, if you're thinking about doing this kind of stuff, I would just say jump in and do it. Yeah, because you got you to gotta apply. You got to build points if, if you want to shoot that bull elk. Yeah. I mean, you're... If you if you think about it in a way that oh I'm gonna apply and I'm not gonna get the tag, that's just not the right mindset to have. Ultimately, you're gonna if you keep applying and keep doing the research, you're gonna you're gonna get the tag eventually. Hopefully, I guess yeah. you could say. And you know, and I guess I didn't mention this before, but this is something else that's important to mention is some of these states. If you don't apply for two years in a row, like let's say that we apply for elk, yep. and we don't apply again in two years all our points go away. Really? Yeah. Wow. So that could be pretty detrimental. Yeah, so it'd be really detrimental. So you just have to make sure you're kind of on top of everything. I mean, I would just say that make sure that you're kind of keeping track of where you're applying and the points you're applying for. And, you know, it, it might seem like a lot of work to go hunting, but you got to kind of keep track of, like, what your goals are. You know, do you have a short-term plan versus a long-term plan? Yeah, because... Uh, for me, like I said before, I just want to get experience in the outdoors in that environment. You know, I grew up, I grew up in Iowa and all I know right now is Iowa. Yeah. And 
I've done a bunch of research, but you hear people say, you know, you really don't know what it's going to be like, or you really, you can't train yourself for that terrain and that environment. And, you know, this kind of something about Tyler and I, you know, we've been watching people on YouTube hunt, we've been watching Meat Eater here, and we've been hunting ourselves, you know, for a couple of years now. And like, we've always said, God, that'd be cool to do that. Oh, yeah. It's like, God, that'd be cool to do that. Like, oh, man, he's in this coolest spot in Alaska. He's in this coolest spot in Colorado or like blah, you know, this person, you know, is hunting this really cool spot. And it's like, I want to do that. But then I was like, but I never took the time to be like looking for applications because like to me, first of all, it's something like really overwhelming, extremely overwhelming. It is. It is. It's so much information to take in. Yeah. It's a lot of information to take in and. I don't want to, I don't want to be that guy, you know, so many years down the road who I'm still maybe watching those guys on YouTube or meat eater and you know, it's too late almost. Yeah. So, I mean, like that's, that's the thing. And like, and that's like kind of the first year that we took a deep dive and like, we're serious about it and it, it was a lot to process, but I'm happy I did it. And I wish I would did it two years ago to have those points now. Oh yeah. Cause don't not, get, now we're two years behind. Yeah, because don't get me wrong, there's a lot of ideas that we've had that yeah. we've thought up, but we never really jumped on, and this is something you kind of need to jump on, need yeah. to get a head start. So, I mean, just like, you know, it's one of those things, like, I've had to take, you know, days, you know, car rides, listen to podcasts, you know, nights before going to bed, listen to YouTube videos about this stuff, and, and it is actually a lot of fun once you get into it. Yeah. And it just seems really overwhelming, but once I got into it, it's like, man, this is kind of fun. Because, like, you're kind of playing a strategy game. Like, if anybody likes strategy, it's like, you know, let's say, you know, for example, I'm trying to outthink Ty on, like, where can I draw a tag with the best bang for my buck? And I hope that somebody else doesn't see what I'm seeing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, What was I going to say? But, you know, like, with this point kind of creep stuff, too, and it doesn't have to necessarily be point creep, I'm not saying that harvest assessment went up, but it's a lot easier to find out this information to draw these tags. Yeah. And because I mean, if we look at like when our grandparents were doing it, I mean, there's no way like they would have knew how to put it. I mean, a lot of the tags weren't there. I mean, a lot of these draws weren't there, but you know, someone, you know, 10, 15 years ago who had to read through all the regulations, that's a lot of information to take in. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, you're kind of going in blind then, especially when you don't have access to the internet to look at all that information, you know, Yes, I, I guess I guess we have it easy in that aspect. Yeah, so I mean that's one thing that like you just have to like take in and you know, you have to put if you're willing to put it's just like, you know, if you're hunting, if you're willing to put more in time than the next guy, you're probably gonna have a better chance. And it might not always pay off, but mm-hmm. hopefully in the long run that you learn something more than the next guy. And another thing on top of like researching, um, not only the tags, the tags is just a part of it. The applications are just a part of it. I really enjoy all the gear that goes into going on these backcountry hunts yeah it's it's pretty enjoyable looking at i watch a bunch of different videos on why this is better than this and you know you think you got a good idea of what's the best pair of hiking boots and then you click on another video and somebody's got a totally different opinion on it i i enjoy kind of trying to place my opinion on gear before i'm buying it yeah and that's, that's another thing i come back to a strategy it's like where is Tyler or I'm going to get our best bang for our buck? You yeah. know, like, I mean, like, I would love to have all Sitka, all Swarovski optics with all custom rifles. Yeah. But it's just not doable for me. So I got to <laughs> no. learn, you know, where can I spend this $100 that I'm going to get the most, be- the best functional clothing, the best optics and everything all together? No, because at the end of the day, we got to have gear, but yet we still have to have money to buy a tag. Yeah, apply a tag. You know, it's like, I mean, there's no point in having a $500 jacket if you can't go hunting and use it. No. I mean, no. that's just ridiculous. I mean, if you, can't ridiculous. Go, if you can't go hunting because you got Gucci boots on from wherever company, I mean, you got something to think about, you know? I feel like there's a mindset among some people that you have to have this to go hunting, you know, this expensive brand or this certain jacket to go hunting. Yeah, and like... And that's the one thing, you know, if you can limit that and apply for more states, you're going to gain way more information on what you need, how you need to get it if you draw on these tags more often. Uh huh. Because you understand what gear you really need to spend money on. And another thing I guess we haven't discussed, if you just apply and say you're not planning on hunting that year yeah, and you get the tag, 
you you can turn it down right and keep the points yep most states you can yep okay and um you know that's that's another thing that's just important to keep track of and you know there's a lot of resources out there that will allow for you to kind of look up these points and give us more regulation you know like kind of give you more background than what we're giving yep but you know we're just kind of just trying to give like a general overview and what we would do and how we're kind of going about it so you've mentioned that your brother can receive your points someday. Well, he can if he, if I were to pass away. I'm pretty sure that he can receive my points in some states. Okay. But another thing to look at is like, you know, if I have a younger brother who's uh, 10 years old, he passes hunter safety, and he can actually start receiving points now. And it's actually a lot cheaper for him too. Really? In a lot of states, he's really considered a resident because they consider the youth prices to be at the price of a resident okay. for most states. So, like, he put in for Arizona elk this year. Okay. Just on a preference point. It was $15, I think. or It might have been $15 for license and, like, $15 per application. Okay. So, I mean, and overall, how do, overall how, it's pretty cheap compared how to that, what I'm paying. Yeah, how does that compare to what you – because you applied for it as well, right? Yeah, I paid $150. For the application, for the for the hunting license, and then like fifteen dollars for the application. Okay, so you have to you have to have a hunting license to even apply. Yep. So I mean, that's a lot of these states, and like, so it's you know if you're if you got younger kids, I mean, I think it's a really good way to start like looking at getting them points because there's somebody else out there doing it, you know. Yeah. And if you're gonna want them to ever go hunting with you, you better hope they start early. And you know, it's one of those things that I see like if you're like, oh, I don't know if my kids are gonna be involved in hunting. I mean, it's pretty easy to justify spending like you know a little amount of money to get them a tag if they ever want to. Uh huh. It's Im- it's important to get kids out and ex- experiencing hunting at a young age. Yeah, I mean, like you don't want to be the reason that they can't go because they don't got a tag. No, and I always hear about that. I always hear that there's like less less and less hunting licenses every year. Yeah, and less and less people are hunting. Less and less people are fishing. And that's that's definitely true. Like all over. But, mm-hmm. like, I would not say that's true for applying for Out West. Okay. Because, I mean, there's just more and more people wanting to do that kind of stuff, you know? Because everybody... The you... average hunter in Iowa might be going down. But, I mean, there's only... The 10% of tags, there's still going to be people... I mean, you're ever going to, like, buy a trophy unit over the counter. No. And because there's always... There's just a limited amount of tags that are always... There's going to be more people applying or wanting a tag than there are tags available. So, do you, th- do you think that... Uh hyped up because of all the youtubers and tv shows that you see nowadays that maybe you wouldn't have had five ten years ago yeah i i definitely think so and you know it's one of those things like if someone if i i mean if i would have someone come to me and say hey it's there's this really cool opportunity to go hunting in colorado for elk because i didn't really know it was like possible for youtube you know yeah so i guess i'm fortunate enough that like i was able to see that on youtube and have that exposure to it yeah and I don't think I would have been ever interested in it if it wasn't for that. Yeah. Shown in like a good manner. I yeah, guess. no, I'm not I'm definitely not saying that they're ruining it by any means, but like in in my experience, I'm you know, growing up in Iowa, it's like it's like you grow in this bubble yeah. and and all you know is that bubble. And then what do you know, meat eater on Netflix new show. So I'm like, Oh, that looks pretty cool. I'm gonna watch it. And I saw stuff that he was hunting for that I didn't, obviously I knew you could hunt for him, but it didn't register in my mind that, hey, maybe I could do this. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is there is like that I could do it, you know? It's yeah. Like, like he's doing it and it's like, I could do it, you know? And that's something like, I guess coming from a small town or a small community, like you don't always make that connection there. No. And that's that's something that really aided me into wanting to pursue a backcountry hunt or um, just going, just going out West. And you know, that's, and then that kind of, kind of bring it back circle. It's like, you need that tag to hunt. Yeah. So you need to, you need to understand this stuff, understand how states work. I mean, and I'll say it like a lot of these states, I mean, if you want to like look at the regulations for it, I mean, or like the draw odds, it's really confusing. Really? It's not in a very concise manner. No. I mean, their resources are for, like, you know, they're trying to improve habitat. And then, like, they kind of run out of money. And it's like, oh, let's throw something together for, uh-huh. you know, the draw odds. I mean, it's all there. And you can personally read through it. 
but it's almost like some ways like read a different language. Like you need someone to interpret it for you to understand it in a convenient manner. Yes. Yeah. Cause, uh, go, you have a go hunt subscription, right? Yep. Yeah. You let me, you let me, uh, look at that off of your computer or whatever. And they really do a good job of organizing. You could, you could apply here. Or you'd have better odds here. Yeah. You know, it's, it's nice to look at an organized website where it's all in one place you can weigh weigh your options on where you might want to hunt, where you might want to apply so yep. that you can hunt there. Yeah, I mean, like, that's, like, kind of... What they're basically doing is making the system modern. Yeah. making it modern for someone who's a non-resident wanting to apply for these tags and making it easy and convenient for the user. And, like, obviously, we're not sponsored by those guys. I mean, hey, go on. You want to sponsor us? <laughs> Give yeah. a shout-out. That'd but, be nice. Yeah. But, I mean... They uh they definitely I think have one of the better systems out there, and I'll say I paid I think it was one hundred fifty dollars for it, but then I got fifty dollars back to spend in their store, on any item I wanted, and they got items you know from all over from, backpacking to scope accessories to archery equipment to uh, backpacking gear so, oh really so I, I mean so it's a pretty good deal so I mean like yeah I didn't even see that on there so I mean if you do like you know let's say. You know, whatever it is. So it's, you know, it's less than $10. You know, it's less than, it's around like $10 a month for you to apply, for you to do that. And it's worth its weight if you're going to draw a tag. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, like, if you look at it like, oh, man, I spent, you know, $50 applying for a state that I never want to get a tag in. It's like, well, why do I even apply? So, like, that go hunt really kind of, you know, it yeah. definitely reduces your cost overall if you look at it like that. Uh-huh. And it really gives you a good option for surveying the land and kind of scoping out where you want to hunt um they provide very good maps for you to look at yeah i mean like and you know and there's a lot of different options out there i'll say it like um i think if you have an onyx elite subscription they partnered with a company that does the same thing for draw odds and there's other couple options out there that allow for you to do the same thing but as far as right now i would say go hunt is probably the superior company out there for doing that okay yeah, because I have Onyx right now for Waterfall, and I really enjoy it a lot. Yeah, and, like, you know, Onyx is awesome. I mean, they, I think it's something actually that's not very well known, but there's actually, like, ve- you actually have um, some very good discounts that come with it, and I just used it the other day for some Vortex binoculars. Actually, not binoculars on a scope. I got 15% off on them through Euro Optic. For, if, if you're an elite member. That was through... Uh... Onyx. Onyx. Yep. So I mean, there's I some good, there's some good benefits that you get through some of those companies too. So you just kind of, I mean, like Tyler and I are always out there trying to save money wherever we can. And no, it's nice when you can save a little money. Yeah. I, I'm a sucker for a good deal. And I mean, I hate to say it, but you're never gonna find a good deal on blind for tags. <laughs> no, you're not. It's straight up, and you got to do it. And you know, I'll say it right now. I mean, if you're not a resident and you want to hunt one of the big three, including sheep, mountain goat, and moose. Don't do it. You're better off just going to Alaska and hunt them. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd love to hunt mountain goat. Yeah, I would love to. That's probably like one of my top hunts right now. Yeah. yeah. They look sweet. Yeah. Just just the terrain you're on while you're hunting them. Because I'll give an example. I think, you know, in some of the trophy units for like Rocky Mountain Bighorns and like maybe, you know, like Colorado or Arizona, I mean, they're only giving away five resident tags. Wow. So, I mean, your chances of getting one as a non-resident is less than a percent sometimes oh my god so i mean you're better not even playing that game well just for uh kind of off topic but you said california they only give out one non-resident elk tag a year yep one non-resident tule elk hunt why is that that's just how they manage i mean just how they do it i mean like north dakota i mean they got a lot of moose up there they don't offer any non-resident tags no just it 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 comes down because each state can offer however many tags they want so, I mean, it just comes down to how each state wants to manage their herds and how much money they want to get. Because, I mean, you could argue that North Dakota might make a lot more money if the non-residents were able to apply. Because even if the chances are low, there's probably still going to be somebody applying for a $700 tag or whatever, yeah. you know. So, that one tag they give away and not give away, but yeah. um, that you win in California, is there just basically a line of people that... Oh yeah, I mean, there's still. I mean, 
I mean, people who have been applying it for it year after year, it's just next in line. Whoever's got the most points gets it. Uh, I think that's a pure lottery system. Okay. So you're just off pure luck. Even even if you have 10 more points than the next guy? But the, I don't know if California even does points. No? Yeah. Oh, wow. So, I mean, it's and that's the thing that gets confusing. It's like there's no overarching general consensus because it's like each state kind of has their own independent thing, which where that's another thing like where Go Hunt goes into help on some of that topics and stuff. Do you know how many tags iowa gives away then because i know we spoke on that we give away about 10 percent of our tags to non-residents okay which i'm not for sure the total number of tags but so how does that i'm guessing that's based off a system where say you give 90 you give 90 of the tags to residents and 10 to non-residents yep that's just if residents or if there's 90 residents who get a tag well no matter what those they only get 10 percent. okay it doesn't matter if the res if zero residents buy tag so what if what if all of the tags that the state offers is taken by residents does that ever happen or is there still a number where non-residents there's there's a certain number allocated okay there's a 10 percent for sure allocated to non-residents okay so there's 10 percent that can only be had by non-residents and then 90 percent can only be had by residents or whatever okay but, you know, so does that number just keep going up and up, say there's a thousand people getting resident tags? Is that 10% of a thousand or what is that number based off of, I guess? Do you um, know? It's, number, it's just based off herd populations and stuff. Okay. So like it's kind of all set up, you know, each unit kind of has a certain number of tags they can allocate. Yeah. So, and you know, Iowa's even got its own units and stuff. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's all kind of dependent on that kind of stuff and... Each kind of state has its own different rules. I mean, there's some states that probably aren't worth applying in, but there's, you know, I guess we've really been focusing on the draw system. Um, another thing we'll get into is over-the-counter tags. Yeah, and that's something we didn't a, have. A lot of states do offer that. Yeah, right? and you know, it's it's going to be a tougher hunt to be honest with you. Yeah, and you we're going to pay the same price as what a draw tag would be. Okay, but you know, some of these over-the-counter options, if you're just looking to go hunt, they're really good. But, you know, like a mid-October deer hunt for a buck, going to be kind of limited because they're not really, they're a lot of nocturnal ones, you know? Yeah. Or they're, or they're really bedded down in timber. Uh-huh. So you're going to have a hard time glassing them up. So you might have a lot of opportunities to go hunt, but you might not have a lot of opportunities at harvesting a deer. Yeah, because um, we we're thinking about potentially going on a black bear hunt. You said Montana offers over-the-counter black bear tags. Yep, Montana does. I know... I think California does like over-the-counter bear hunts. Arizona's got some over-the-counter um, coos deer and mule deer hunts for archery. There's very limited over-the-counter rifle tags. A lot more over-the-counter archery tags for. Okay. Like Colorado has a lot of over-the-counter archery tags, but there is a limited number of quota for those. So you know, like there can't be like ten thousand non-residents by a tag. Yeah. Obviously not, but like, so you still have to be kind of like. So I'll give you a good example. Idaho has. They have limited entry units where you take points to draw. Okay. But they have just mostly, it's over the counter. Okay. The whole state's over the counter, basically. Okay. But they all go on sale December 1st. Oh, really? So. They go better, on sale? Yeah. So, like, you can buy it on then. Oh, okay. So, you better be logged in right away at December 1st if you want your tag. Because they only give away, like, a 1,000 or something like that. So, once it's capped out, it's capped out. It's capped out. So, you're, you're done for. Okay. So, I mean, there is some states that do that, and you guys got to play the game, but that is just, it's how it, how it works, you know? Uh-huh. So, I guess uh, s- something else I was curious about. Of course, like, you have sheep and mountain goats where these tags are really hard to get. Uh, what other kind of species are under that spectrum where it's really hard to i mean i think you know there's some there's some state they're like arizona that's got like 28 points for like a trophy bull elk hunt okay for like the best unit but the thing is like that it's like you're not guaranteed by any means no it's still a tag yep it's not like you're going with a guide or something and it's 99 percent success rate yeah. it's still a tag that you have to work for yeah, you might have a lot of bulls around you. Some units, you know, it might be a gimme. 
But I mean, the elk move. I mean, they're still animals, so <laughs> yeah. So you're still taking a chance there. So I mean, you know, some state, you know, Colorado's got some twenty point units for mule deer. Okay. So I mean, and there's some units that, you know, are trophy black bear units too that are sometimes take more points than what someone would think too. That's crazy. So I mean, there's a lot of stuff that it's not really. There is species specific stuff. Like, as far as, like, you're probably never going to draw a mountain goat tag in the lower 48. No. But you're probably never going to draw a bull, a, hu- uh, a huge bull elk tag in Arizona. Okay. Because, I mean, at least, like, personally, and I think you probably agree with me, is that you would rather hunt every five years for a pretty decent unit. Yeah. With maybe, like, a 10% chance that you have a 350 class bull. Yep. But... Or do you wait that 28 years to hunt that one time? Uh, yeah, I, so, I, I think I'd rather hunt every five years. Yeah, so I mean, that's that's something that you got to look for and look into. And that just that just takes research at that point. Yeah, and you know, it's a lot of it's just like, I think a lot of people associate like, I need the best tag to go hunting. Yeah. And a lot of people put off just going hunting. Well, it's just, just like gear. I feel like there's, like we said, there's a mindset where you need this to go hunting. Yeah, so I mean, you just... you. You don't need the best tactical hunting. No. And there's a lot of good hunts that be had that take very low points if you're willing to work harder than the next guy. Uh, and I feel there's people out there who think they need this size of bull elk. Yeah. Or or else he's not going to go. Yeah. And, you know, like, it's one of those things, too. I feel like, you know, social media is like, man, like, oh, well, you know, you need to take the biggest, oldest bull you can find because he's... You know, uh, he's done. He's done reproducing. Yeah, which right. is which is like, yeah, I understand that. You know, that totally makes sense. But like, if a unit allows for you to shoot, and you know, each unit might have different like antler restriction. Yep. But if they're gonna allow for you to shoot, you know, a spike elk, and I can shoot it, it's nothing wrong with shooting that elk. No. If there's if those biologists that are managing those units know way more than the average hunter does. So like don't I, I don't like it when people try to be a biologist without really knowing the facts. Well, yeah, because you see on Facebook, you know, someone shoots something that maybe is a little small in someone yeah. else's eyes. There's a bunch of hate. Yeah, and I and like I personally don't like it. It's like, I mean, I know there's a lot of big bucks in Iowa that haven't been shot yet, and I know a lot of small and they might have got there, but you know, there's a bad winter kill that might happen. We got coyotes. I mean, there's a lot of things that could make them not get to that world class. That besides a hunter. Well, for ex- for example, you know, my first uh, deer shot by a bow, it was a really small spiked buck. The season was coming to an end, and I only saw, I wasn't in the best spot. I only saw a few deer throughout the year. I spent a lot of time out there, and yeah, I probably saw a couple does, and that one spiked buck I saw over a period of, oh, I don't know, probably like five days. I saw it come in and out here and there and like I said it was getting late in the season it was really cold to be sitting out in a deer stand so I shot it and I got some I got some hate from some people about it being a small buck but I'm and new it was it was a deer it was, it was a deer it's like you know if there isn't any restrictions set forth by your DNR your your um game conservation then there I don't I don't feel bad for it you know no. And I think it's a bad stigma to go towards it because it's like, you know, I also, you don't want to discourage someone from hunting because they weren't able to shoot that eight point bug or that six by six elk because they didn't see, you know, they saw a lot of deer, but they didn't see that one deer that everybody thought would be cool. You know? Yeah. And at the same time, I'm not advocating we shoot a bunch of little yeah. bucks or something, but, you know, don't be afraid to go out and pursue something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, I mean, every fish I've ever caught, you're ever mad about catching it <laughs> no so i mean like you know it's just like the same thing it's like i don't think that everybody should be a feel ashamed for it and there's a point for conservation in there and i i understand it yeah i understand that and but i just don't feel like you know that person had their own tag in their pocket and they did at what their time what they thought was ethical yeah I, I feel like Nobody has a superior to sit above somebody and judge them based on what they shot. No, you paid for it. Yeah. You have every right to be there shooting a deer. I mean, like that. Then the only thing I don't get mad, at, and it's like, I think there's more trophy hunters that make the sport look bad where they're not even using the deer meat. Yeah. Than there is a guy who's shooting a spiky, 
and is going to go home and use all every last scrap of that meat he can. Well, because I've heard stories, you know, you, you've heard stories of people who've got a lot of money. They go out to a deer farm and shoot the biggest deer on the lot and yeah, just ha- ha- shoulder mount it and bring it back home and show it off pretty much. Yeah, I would say, oh, yeah, we didn't bring any meat off it. We don't even like elk meat, but here's my big elk I got shot, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's something that's on a whole different subject, but, I mean, just don't. Don't don't overlook those units that might offer those lower class bulls and feel bad about shooting one. No, because that's certainly one of the reasons why we chose to pursue a cow elk. Yeah, I just want the experience. I want the meat and just go apply and go. Yeah, I mean that's that's the biggest thing is just like, and you know I'll plug some people that I have no affiliation with right now. You know it's like use your go hunt. You know subscribe for that. There's people like Randy Newberg out there who, you know, he's been in this game for a long time and he, you know, he shows people how to hunt elk every year on a tag if they wanted to, you know, and it might not be those trophy class bulls all the time, but he shows you how to hunt. And you're know, same with like, you know, that Remy Warren who's on media all the time. He had yeah. a really good podcast talking about how to draw on tags. And, you know, I feel like these are the few of the guys and there might be more guys than this, but like these are the guys that help me out a lot and are some of the few guys who are actually talking about this stuff. Yeah. Because I feel like there's a lot of the stuff that goes overlooked. It's like, okay, you're watching like someone like Meat Eater or some of the big guys on YouTube. They're just doing it. They're not really talking about some of this nitty-gritty stuff to a newcomer that might not really realize it. Yeah, because at the end of the day, you know, from a, from a perspective where you're making a YouTube video for an audience where they're going to really enjoy watching it, it's it's not the most exciting stuff in the world, but people you, you got to know about this information, and people are pursuing to know about this information. Yeah, and that's why I said you know you just got you know there's yes you got like good resources, and there's a lot of resources to be had out there for talking about it because I mean a lot of these guys you know like Newberg Newberg Warren you know they've been doing it for thirty years. I mean they've seen it they've seen the system change, the game change, how they've you know. And a lot of them give away a lot of good tips on that kind of stuff. Yeah, really respect their opinions on stuff like that. So, I mean, I, we're just trying to, you know, just give a pretty high general overview of what, you know, what we recommend and how we would go about it right now for starting out. Definitely our experience and we'll share the process of us applying for tags and maybe even do a podcast while we're out there. Yeah, I mean, and the, you know, applying for these tags too, it's, it's really no different than you going online and buying your local deer tag online and getting it mailed to you. Yeah. I mean, it just, you know, you enter all your information, then, you know, your social security number, your driver's license. and That's the first time I, uh, two years ago was the first time I did that. Oh, yeah. Buy a hunting license online, and I bought one of those $5 cards. I thought it'd be pretty sweet. It goes yeah. to a good cause. It was nice. And yeah, you know, it's like one of these tag, you know, it's like one of those things that I think a lot of people overlook at a tag because it's like, oh, it's $500 up front. And it might seem like a lot of money up front, but if you save the whole year for it, it might not, it seem, it doesn't seem that bad. No. And it's like, it's pretty easy to spend $500. Yeah. And I'll give you one of my hot tips. And I learned it from one of my other groups is, um, what I do is I have a credit card where, and I use it for other stuff, but I use that to apply for all my tags. Okay. And then I have my own separate bank account, a set of savings account. Yep. And I just put like, I put like $700 in this year. Yep. So now every time I apply for something and it's like a, you know, a charge and I have to pay my credit card bill. Yep. I'll just take money from that account and put it back in there and that covers that. So yeah, and then for- at the end of the year, I'll just replenish that to be whatever, $700 or whatever money I spent. So I kind of keep track of that. So you have like a hunting account. Yeah, basically. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, smart. And, you know, it's one of those things too, like, you know, let's say, you know, we sign up for this and let's say, you know, Ty puts on his debit card. Well, what they're going to do when you draw is they're going to ding that debit card. Okay. And, you know, not saying Ty won't have $600 in the account, but let's say that he, you know, he moves money from his savings account to his checking account or whatever. Yeah. He's only got $500 in there. If those funds aren't in your account, on to the next guy. Really? Yeah. So you want to make sure that, like, you know, that's another thing about bre- the so credit. That's, that's a credit card, too. It's like, no matter what, that's going through. Yeah. 
So that's why why you use a credit card. Yeah, that's why you use a credit card. That's you know, it just kind of helps keep track of your finances maybe a little more. That's a good thing to know because uh, not all the time I keep a lot of money in my checking account because my card's been hacked before or whatever. That's a different story. But um, that would be pretty detrimental if you applied for that tag and you get it and they went on to the next guy because you didn't, you had insufficient funds in your account. Yeah. So, I mean, and you know, it's, you know, we're young guys and like, you know, it's a good reason for you to get a credit card right now. If you're a young guy is to just start, you know, you can build your credit card, you can build your credit history. Yeah. And also just, you know, start applying for tags. I mean, if it's only literally what you do is literally just apply for tags, you're going to build a pretty good credit score with it, you know? Yeah. Cause I, 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 we're not like any financial experts, but (laughs) (laughs) no, no, but I, I got one a while ago and it's pretty simple to use. I just pay it off when, whenever there's an amount on it, but yeah, I mean like I think Ty probably had this same experience as I did where like, you're like credit cards are evil. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I've never heard anything good about credit cards. It's like, they're good if you use them right. If you don't, yeah, if you don't treat them right, they're they're bad news but it's like it's like anything if i use a gun wrong yeah it's obviously gonna be bad news but yeah because growing up yeah like you said i never never heard anything good about owning a credit card because i feel like there's always a stereotypical of you're gonna just roll the money onto the credit card and all of a sudden it's out of control yep but definitely for applying for tags that's a good tip something i didn't know yeah, that's something that maybe like a lot of people overlook, and I just learned it from the various groups that I'm in. So, um, I guess it kind of you got any other questions, Ty, about the whole process, or uh, that pretty much wraps it up. Uh, so when do we got to apply? When's the due date? That's up. Uh, if we want to apply in Colorado, that's uh, start of April or something like that. Start of April. Okay. So I mean, yeah. So a lot of these windows too. I guess we'll touch on that too. Is like. You know, they open it. It's not like an all-year thing. It's like they're open between, you know, January to February or a month at a time. And every state has a different window for a different species. So you got to be kind of on top of the deadlines. And also another thing about goat, good thing about goat hunt is they have that in a really like concise manner to make sure that like you're applying on time. And uh huh. Because I mean, if you don't you, if you don't apply during time, you doesn't matter. Yeah, keep track of keep track of that date. And yeah. like you said. You said that over a two-year time period that they just get rid of your points, you know, set yeah. a reminder in your phone or something Yeah, so I mean, for every year. So, yeah, this is there's a lot of stuff to take in, and I would just, you know, start small, and, you know, only if it's one state you apply for, you know, maybe make sure you just know that state really well, and don't think about applying for every state you can. No. Because that can be a both, not not just a financial burden, but also just, like, a big headache before, you know, you're, like, overwhelmed with information. Yeah, I'd be pretty broke. Yeah. <laughs> applying for every state i can so i guess you know that's kind of what we're going to wrap up with the podcast and you know if you guys have any other questions or just want to have talks about some general application and you know i think a lot of people are thinking about turkeys and bears right now for spring season but i'm thinking about turkeys (laughs) it's kind of it's application season too so definitely don't overlook that and put some time into that so i guess if you want to find us on Social media, we're on the Hunt Fish Conserve Instagram page and also the Hunt Fish Conserve YouTube, which will have some more videos coming out. So expect some good content coming out from the Hunt Fish Conserve team here. Yep, and we're on Apple Music and Spotify, right? Yep, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube right now. So you can find us anywhere. And we got a website. Yeah, we got a website and we're gonna start tie we're gonna start having blogs about that. I'm hoping to start doing some fly tying videos talking about that. Yeah, and just just posting pictures of what we're up to. Yeah, I mean, we're always doing stuff with hunting and fishing, so. Yeah. All right, well, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, thanks, guys.